0: All right, welcome back, Prospect Live viewers and listeners. Ralph and Joe are back with another edition of the 2021 MLB Draft Pod. I'm Ralph. He's Joe Doyle. What's going on, Joe? How are you, man? What's up, remember, brother? Like yeah, an man. hour since we last did a pod. It feels like we do about 25 a week. <laughs> hey, man, just, just to trying play. to just
1: trying to stay out of the curve, I guess. But, no, I, I've been good uh, enjoying some doubleheader baseball today. How you been?
0: Yeah man same you know just enjoying the early games two two fun teams too we got the Padres you know and Seattle one sort of like you know going to that first sort of crest on the rebuild the other one's like the beginning of the wave doing all types of metaphors here with my backwards hat on we got Jackie Bradley Jr joining me tonight as well welcome Jack, Jackie Bradley What's up, Jr JVJ? <laughs> <laughs> um but yeah I think we're just going to sort of keep it a little looser than our usual structure we're probably going to talk more college guys next edition next week you know whenever we do record that obviously this is kind of like what i'd say one of the slowest weeks of the draft season right now there aren't really any events we're kind of transitioning to the fall stuff going on kids are back at school you know there's been some fall ball workouts maybe i haven't seen a ton coming out of there so you know it's been a slow go obviously not a typical year even slower than usual we're gonna talk some sort of high school movers tonight there was a really good article that came out on perfect game from our friends Brian Sikowski and Vinny Servino, obviously both guests of the show previously, and uh two gentlemen we work with, you know, closely. Uh guys that I I consider to be friends in one way or another. There you go, a little teardrop there. Um <laughs> so yeah, you know, they 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 drop 30 prep draft names or risers to know. Um, some names that we definitely know on there, and we've talked about a lot. And then some other guys that, you know, we just obviously haven't had the opportunity to get as many looks as those two guys have. So I think some interesting names at least to discuss and dig into, especially for you know the viewers and listeners out there. that are sitting there with a pad and a pen looking for names to dig in on and sort of scouting their own. I'm sure there's some guys like that out there. Uh, shout us out to you. But, Joe, let's sort of kick it off. Um, anything big picture with the draft? Any names, movers, anything here? It's sort of the the free form beginning of the show.
1: So I think my overall thoughts just of the last of the last couple of weeks are um, I mean I want to start at the top because that's that's what the folks are here to see. They want to know who the first rounders are. They want to know, you know, what the cream of the crop is. And Jordan Lawler seems to be, you know, rising to the top. Um, a few weeks back, two and a half, three weeks back, we made the big move. You made the really big move of spotting him as the number two prospect in the entire in the entire draft. I was a little bit lower on him. I had him seven, um, but he seems to have risen up to the top of the PBR lists. I mean, he's number one for PBR now. Um, and we're only hearing monstrous things over at uh, perfect game as well. So, you know, Lawler, he's really moving up to the top. He's going to be moving up in our uh, future top 200 list. That's going to be dropping here in, uh, in about a week and a half, two weeks. But I think that's been my biggest takeaway. Now, the list that uh, Brian and Vinny put out, I do want to mention something on that. Uh, sure. These guys just—they're just—they're prodigies, man. They—they they go so deep. We—we uh, we spend so much time on this, Ralph. You know, I put in hours and hours each week, and it amazes me that these guys can continue to drop lists with guys that I've just never heard of. Like, there's two or three guys mm-hmm. on this list I've never heard of, and then you go and you dig into the tape, and you just say, you know how do so many of these premier kids get by us and, and we, and we don't see them. So big shout out to Brian and Vinny for, for putting that list out. I mean, more eyes on more kids. Uh, it just makes this that much easier.
0: Yeah. And I think, you know, that's um one of those things that speaks for itself. I mean, unfortunately this year I have been able to get it out to the field, Um, you know, the way I typically would have during the summer, I usually hit, you know, the Cape Cod, but um, and, and you know, that, you know, sort of two classes worth of players is is typically what I say. I'll see next year's draft class, you know, sprinkled in a little bit, but obviously heavily the guys that are available, um, you know, the following June. Um, But I haven't got as much of that, you know, and what what I have, it's been, you know, limited. So, you know, it's great to have, you know, resources like that in the industry that you can sort of lean on. Um, Obviously, we've got a lot of streams. We've gotten decent looks, but not firsthand, at least, Stuff on TV, like a lot of folks have, even some scouting departments this year um, on the prep class. But it's great to have two guys that not only saw them this year throughout the, the you know the prep showcase, risking their life, mask on face, going out there getting some looks. Um, you know, kudos to them. But also, they got some history. I mean, they, these guys have seen a lot of these players for you know consecutive cycles as underclassmen, etc. They have some history. They played with big programs. Um, you know, and they're both in two heavily populated areas, at least right now, with draft prospects, obviously. You know, Brian and all his work over at St. Mary's, and they got a ton of guys even coming out in 2022. Um, So they're just, you know, they're baseball guys and and great resources. So, yeah, kudos to them. The other thing I wanted to say about Lawler is, you know, it's it's nice to see it coming through, and I I think that was just simply from doing more research, digging in a little bit more, going back, and just looking at, like, you know, the product of the player, you know, on on a whole, that – you know, a projectable player like that that has, you know, a ton of you know athleticism, but he's got a lot of polish in his game. You know, he can play shortstop. But I don't think there's any question about that. It makes some phenomenal plays there. And there's some juice in the bat. There's more that can come along, but he's polished as a hitter. And I think as we saw in the interview that we did with him, I came away really impressed just in terms of the cerebral aspect of. He's a thinker. He's a guy that knows what's going on. He's, his game awareness is obviously incredibly high for moments to have like photographic memory of exact pitches and locations and what the count was and how somebody attacked. That's somebody that can make in-game adjustments. And, and, and to me, that's huge. So, I mean, that don't even steps him up even further, um, but I think you could see some of that in the tape. A lot of it shines through. Um, you know, obviously, we know folks that are around him as well and get good reports and all that sort of stuff. Uh, But it's one of the valuable things about our interviews is you get to see these guys a little bit more, not that you should judge them as people, but you can make some determination just in terms of the different types of personality types and the things that they're thinking about, the things that they know they have to work on. And that's one of the things we always go back on uh, with Benny Montgomery. But getting back to my larger point, I just think, you know, this kid has all, all the tools, you know, everything sort of seems to be there and he's, you know, sorry to say, he seems like a guy that can go a little bit higher because he might be a little bit cheaper than Jack Lighter might be. You know, I don't Maybe. know. You yeah. know, um, I mean, and
1: another thing, another thing with Jordan, and I'm sorry to jump in, um, hmm. to piggyback off of your, your cerebral comment on him. Um, yeah, he, he can go back and identify pitches, he can talk about sequencing, he can talk about this and that. But another thing that blew us out of the water was he can take his swing and chop it up into so many small portions Mm. and call to, you know, what what he's trying to do with his hands and how it mimics Carlos Correa and what he's trying to do with his head and how that mimics this player. And he just has, for a 17-year-old kid, uh, he just has such a fundamental understanding of his swing or what the baseball swing is supposed to look and feel like that it almost makes you feel like, you know, he may not have, big power yet but he's going to run into it because he's just so mechanically sound and um yeah and then you know the last thing the frame is just it's it might be my favorite frame in the, in the class at 62 200 and it's just the broadest shoulder the high broad shoulders you just think he's going to fill out really well um yeah. the frame uh reminds me a little bit i was going back and kind of trying to compare him to someone because i realized He calls himself, you know, he's trying to do these Carlos Correa things. He's built a lot like Tim Anderson was built when he was coming out uh, of high school, like, I don't know, nine or ten years ago. Just tall, stout, broad shoulders. Um, And honestly, the the offensive kind of profile is very similar to what Anderson was because he was always going to be like a 55-hit, 45-power guy. But I'd say Lawler is even more advanced on the defensive side to where Tim Anderson was nine or 10 years ago. So really exciting prospect. I think it's going to be difficult for him to pass some of these guys that are in the top two, three, or four, just because it seems like there's a small tier after Judd Fabian, and then it's Lawler for me. Um, But Mm. we'll see. I mean, Carlos Correa was like the number four or five-ranked guy when he was drafted, and uh, he went number one. So...
0: Yeah. And I don't think, you know, looking back, that it was an awful pick either. Right. So I don't think so. <laughs> <laughs> um, um, well, and, and, I, you know, for me, like as much as I like Judd Fabian, I was beating this drum last summer when I saw him. He's just a, a phenomenal all around player. Long term value wise, like a right fielder with power, you know, but not like elite double plus power. Um, but more like an all around good right fielder with maybe a little bit of question on the swing and miss, you know, and certainly what we have seen, uh, this summer against, you know, Florida, whatever, wooden bat league comp or collegiate league right. competition, not great. Um, but you know, I'm not gonna, I'm not gonna write the kids, you know, entire story based off of, uh, a couple of months, you know, post, uh, or during the pandemic or we want to call it, right. um. You know, for struggling, but at the same time, give me a guy that has you know projectable power, polished hit already, younger player, um, and up the middle shortstop. You know, if you tell me that good Fabian's going to be a uh, uh, you know a fifty uh, center fielder, then and with with plus power, then totally different story. I don't know if I see that guy, and I think that's one of the reasons that I'm I'm kind of moving on Lala myself, just because I think that's the profile that sells the most and typically has the most upside and if it goes to the right organ, you know it goes to the right organization he's going to have an opportunity obviously you know to really develop into a special player um it's not all that different from royce lewis either royce lewis wasn't you know top three or four i think he was probably six or seven or eight or ten on a lot of lists this time of year and uh uh you know or even later in the process probably as late as january and then that June, you know, ends up going one one. So
1: yeah. And another thing, uh, before I don't want to harp too much on, on Lawler, but um, with with Royce Lewis, I mean, they it's comparing two different players. But what sure. I was gonna say on on uh, Judd Fabian is, uh, I've got a big scouting report thing coming out on Monday with him, but he doesn't uh, he doesn't present himself as the type of player that has an extremely high chance of becoming a star. You know, he he kind of has that, like, A.J. Pollock, um, Mitch Haniger. Like, he's just going to do everything well, but he's not going to, like, blow your socks off in any way, shape, or form. Um, but with Lawler, it's, like, middle of the, you know, middle of the diamond, definitely middle of the diamond. He'll stay. Mm-hmm. And uh, it's easy to envision a guy that is an upper third, upper tier offensive shortstop um, by the time he's 25 or 26 years old. So it's kind of... Yeah, the floor is probably lower on Lawler, but I think the ceiling is is exponentially higher on that type of a player.
0: Yeah, no, I you know I don't think I can disagree there. You know, it's obviously what my point was. But uh, yeah. all right, let's jump into some of these you know sort of interesting names, guys that stood out for you. I know there was one we were talking off air, uh, shortstop from Coral Springs Charter, out in Florida. That was Gavin Conticello. Hopefully, I'm saying that correctly. I think that my um, uh, Italian American pronunciations of last names are typically pretty good. So, <laughs> the Gavin Conticello. What are your thoughts, man? I know you read a little bit about him today. I don't think he's a guy that was heavy on our list. You know, maybe in the mix, but certainly not in our 150. So.
1: Well, yeah. I mean, I think you and I, you and I were both talking. We remember watching him at Perfect Game National and just yeah. thinking, you know, Lord, this guy is. He's He's big. I mean, he's really tall. Uh, I think he was playing third base at the event, um, and I'm not sure if he's going to be at Perfect Game All-American, which we haven't mentioned yet. Uh, PG All-American is in a week, so Mm -hmm. it's a slow period right now, but we're going to have you know, a whole lot more to talk about here in a week, and it doesn't look like he's going to be at PGAA. Um, But no, I I, I distinctly – I remember the bat. I remember the bat more than anything. I don't remember his infield drills, um, but – yeah i mean diving into what uh vinnie and, and brian had to say he's he's a big six foot three left handed infielder that uh, moves really well on the dirt um, he's likely going to stay on the dirt because he's pretty fluid out there and um it's a big power uh it's a big power profile at six foot three with lots of loft and he's still only 190 pounds so um you, you know my mind immediately went to like a matt carpenter type someone that can play first base third base slide over into the middle if need be Um, it's obviously really, really early to slap a title like that on anyone, but, um, I'm going to be paying more attention to him. Um, truth be told, he wasn't even on our top 200. I mean, it was that, he was that off the, off the grid for us, but after watching some film and, you know, doing my fair share of digging, he's, he's in my 175 now. And I know that, uh, your plan is to kind of regrade some of these guys
0: as we go. Yeah, absolutely. Especially as you get, you know, more information and I can go right to the source and start asking some more questions. Right. Uh, and a guy that stood out to me here was, you know, one that, that Brian had mentioned. It's uh, Cade Mont Parker, right-handed pitcher out of the Woodland uh, Christian Academy. The Woodlands, it's like the yeah. vowel, Uh out in Texas. But, uh, you know, I always get suckered in anytime I see athleticism with a pitcher. Go, you watch him. Uh, he's a guy whose stuff is ticked up. You know, Brian mentions that he was working 91, 94 miles per hour. The fastball mixes in a slider that could potentially project as plus, athleticism, some velocity. You know, you know, coming from that frame, and then you know, certainly a guy that has a projectable to a plus potentially um, slider, which you know, that's that's going to get me every time. So that was a name that I, you know, wasn't really on at all. Um, I know that we had, you know, sort of added him to our list, another guy to sort of dig into and research. And once again, that was uh Cade Mon Parker. It's C A E D M O N. It's a I mean, sweet Parker. name. Just like, just like you thought. Yeah, it's a it's a pretty sweet first it's name. a Pretty sweet name. Yeah.
1: And anytime you if if you're an organization and you draft a Cade Mon Parker, it's gonna be a fan. Sounds
0: like a big leaguer.
1: Sounds like a big leaguer. Uh, Yeah, I really liked what I saw from Parker and I did notice uh, the athleticism does does stick out. The guy uh, I want to point out from my end, um, because I have no problem saying that I had no idea this kid existed. And it's kind of embarrassing that he wasn't on our board yet. Uh, That is Mr. Carson Ligon out of Riverview High School, Riverview, Florida. this was, I mean, I loved Conticello and I really liked Parker, and anytime I get to watch more James Peyton Smith film, it's 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 a good time. it's fun. Um, but this Carson Ligon kid kind of blew me away He's six foot three one ninety. He's also really athletic. Um, the stuff the, uh, the the video clips that I was watching were from last year, and he was like he was like eighty nine to ninety and the stuff like didn't blow you away. But then you hear Brian and, and Vinny talking about these these guys. And I apologize if, you know, whoever wrote Carson Lie gone up, whether it was Brian or Vinny. That was, um, uh, that was Vinny. So Vinny, yeah. So apparently the kid's 91 to 95 now, touching 95, 96. Um, it's a good breaking ball with already what he's saying is a potential for a 55-60 changeup. Um, anytime you give me 6-3 athletic and the velo is ticked up, Six, seven, eight miles an hour. um, That's going to catch my attention. Uh, That's just, it's a kid that I I think he moved up more than anyone. Uh, He went from unranked, of course, outside of our top 250 all the way up into my top 150. So that says a lot about kind of the respect that that I put on this kid's name. Um, He is currently committed to the University of Miami and he's the number 26th ranked right handed pitcher in the country, according to perfect game. So this is going to be a kid that I'm certainly watching. It's uh, he's another one. That's not a PGAA, but, um, certainly left an impression on me today.
0: Yeah. I think they got some new video of him up on, uh, the PG site as well. So go and, go and check that out if you can. Um, yeah, no, he's a, he's a real interesting pitcher, you know, pretty good frame too. um, not super tall, but he, at least it doesn't seem it. Oh, six, three but yeah, it's like, you know, it's, it's a pretty broad frame, you know, um, It's the type that could certainly add some sort of like, you know, strong, like, you know, muscle mass, long term, that kind of a frame. Uh, of course, Vinny giving shots out the two guys that he's been incredibly high on um, one being Khalil Watson really beating the drum on that from Wake Forest high school in North Carolina, not the college. And then Joe Mack straight out of Williamsville East in New York, um, we, we got to really, talk about Joe Mac a little bit. Yeah, pro- I was going to say we probably should. That's why I was leading into Joe. Come on, it's called the segue. But uh, <laughs> but you know, Still your segue. <laughs> Vinny has said uh, Mac probably is second best catcher in the class um, and relatively close to you know Ian Moore. So I think that's an interesting point that he made there. The more I dig into Mac, the more I like the bat, the more I like the skills. Uh, I don't claim to be a catching expert by any way, shape or form, but he looks pretty good back there as well. Um, but I'm a big fan of the bat. So talk to me about Joe Mack. They even rhymed.
1: <laughs> well, it's a great first name. I'm going to start with that. No, <laughs> Joe, uh, we had a number three or four, so we weren't too far behind. We no. liked Carter We liked Carter Jensen a little bit more like um, from the events. And I think Jackson Ber- or Baumeister got quite a bit of love from us. But the thing about Mac that, that we had from right out of the gates is the kid is – he's strong as hell. The power is very, very real. It's power to pull side. It's power to opposite field. It's power to extreme opposite field. Um, he's been barreling balls up all uh, all summer. Um, th- I mean, the, I, I guess the reason that we didn't have him as high as like Jensen and Mahler and, you know, Baumeister and Melendez in terms of like talking about him was – The pop times, uh, in the two events that I had seen him, he was never one of the, you know, premier pop guys. And so I probably don't think he registered for us as like a pure catcher. And I still think there's questions as to whether or not he's going to end up at catcher. But everyone, including Perfect Game and some other uh, publications, are sold that this kid is the second best catcher, if not more, uh, prep catcher in this class and um, it seems like he's in the conversation to go top 40 top 50 in this class depending on how much you believe in the bat kind of a little bit of a Tyler Soderstrom I was about feel to say from last year yeah
0: it's it's you know not they're not the same player but you know I think it's no. sort of the same train of thought that that sort of brings you to the conclusion of this guy's a talented player even if you know and we've seen plenty of catchers that were prep catchers that moved off the position made it at other positions the bad is for real and i think that's what says it more than anything else is because usually if a guy's a catcher he's probably one of the you know stronger defenders in his hometown playing for his travel ball team you know but once you know they get up they have the athleticism to and skills typically to transfer to other positions whether that be third base whether that be an outfield position i mean you even look at a guy like bryce harper was obviously technically a prep catcher as well um so it's not unheard of, and it's probably a more successful path if he does end up moving off of catcher. We we know the history with prep catchers; probably the toughest position, uh, draft-wise, you know, to develop, uh, especially yeah. early in the draft. There's been very few guys that have hit. The last one that you know really, really, really hit was obviously another Joe, Joe Mauer. Mm-hmm.
1: Yeah, and and another thing that these prep catchers have against them is it's so so incredibly hard to stake your value at that position, uh, in terms of draft value, because you have to, you have to be uh, valued by an organization that has patience. You have to be valued by an organization that's willing to, uh, you know, make the slow play. Uh, you look at these guys like, you know, Tyler Stevenson and, um, you know, Will Banfield and it's, it's a, it's a five-year commitment. Um, so, If the bat plays, I'm always a huge proponent of drafting up the middle. Like it doesn't, that's why I love the Rays model so much. If you go shortstop, if you go center field, if you go catcher, these guys are playing up the middle for a reason and they can move all over the diamond and they'll make it work. So I got nothing but love for this kid.
0: Yeah. It's not foolproof, but more often than not, I think uh, that's totally true. Um, Another name I wanted to sort of dig into uh, a little bit here as well that, you know, maybe I hadn't been um, as up on. But I, and I don't know if we've actually mentioned him previously. I know there was a report, uh, or, you know, when uh, Area Code Games was going on, there was sort of one of the PG regional events right down the road from me. It's where I caught uh, 2023 superstar Thomas White. Some of that video is coming up soon. Um, but ten, Dennis Colloran, a, a right-handed pitcher um, from North Attleboro, Massachusetts, not too far from my hometown, only about 25 minutes from me. He's a guy that took a huge step forward. I think he was maybe 15th or 16th in PG's Massachusetts rankings sort of coming into the season. And, you know, he's catapulted his way up there, um, probably within the conversation, not with Josh Baez, um, but but certainly with Thomas White's high school teammate, um, Jonathan Santucci. You know, I think Coleran is probably around there, working 94, and 96, up to 97 miles per hour power slider, kind of a fun operation. I think he's a Northeastern commit of all places, but they've had yeah. some names. Aaron Zavali shot out. Um, <laughs> but yeah, I mean, he's another guy that I'm really interested to watch. You know, I'm co- sort of working on something in the background here, bit of a, you know, New England baseball list, looking at some college guys, looking at some prep guys, going to talk to some folks and uh, familiarize people with some of the, the hot names coming out of the Northeast, obviously. You know, it's, it's a good year. It's a good year back. for the Northeast. It's a really good year up here. and I think it's that's really good. It's been good for a couple of years. I mean, there were a lot of college guys that came out last year. You know, Ian Seymour was in the conversation for day one. I think he you know, would have been a day one pick in a normal uh, draft year. And then, you know, Jared Schuster was a first rounder. Isn't uh,
1: Shane Panzini up there too? He is. Yeah, I mean, it's just the Northeast is kind of stacked this year. You guys have – four, five, six preps that could go in the first five rounds. I mean, it's, there's a lot of talent up there. Yeah. Yeah. I, I, but on your, Mm -hmm. on your topic, coloring um, one thing that uh, Vinny or Brian didn't mention just in the, you know, really limited blurb that they provided and they have to be digestible. So it is by no means a slight, but that kid gets insane extension. I mean, he really gets down the mound and if you, are ninety four, ninety six, getting down the mound like that with a power slider. Um, the floor is, you know, if that comes to fruition, you never know if these kids are going to, you know, stay healthy or anything, but the floor for a for a profile like that is a big league reliever in high leverage situations. So, yeah, I, I liked what I saw in color. he was on our radar um, before we started doing this show today, but um, his stuff is clearly ticked up higher than what we had seen.
0: Yeah, absolutely. You know, um, He's a fun watch, like you said, because of that extension. Um, another name that had stuck out to me was uh, Will Taylor, who I believe was already on our list prior to today. Yeah. I correct about this? Yeah. Okay. So out of South Carolina. Um, he's a two-sport guy. He's a football player. Hopefully that's not too much of an issue. Another, you know, 80-runner, incredibly athletic, um, good contact guy, sort of that profile, you know, needs to get into a little bit more power. That's actually what Brian mentions in his write-up. Um, I think he's spot on. Maybe take another look at Will Taylor. Uh, and he's a fun name, you know, and certainly a guy does add some mass, add some power, can take a big step forward over the next year.
1: Yeah, he reminds me of uh, Enrique Bradfield from last year. Just kind of has that build uh, that, you know, impact at the plate will probably come once he's 20 or 21, starts growing into his, his man muscles a little bit. But, <laughs> yeah, he's uh, – the video of him running down balls in center field is pretty, pretty crazy, and getting up the line. Um, you had to go and search for it at the Perfect Game site to get some of those looks. But um, yeah, he's he's another he's another another good player, uh, and speed kills. You know, speed will yeah. always get you. It'll always get you recognized.
0: Yeah, and these are some guys that you know maybe weren't necessarily you know very highly ranked. Couple of these guys, you know, they weren't top 100 even prep guys. And, you know, they're seeing themselves obviously boost into that sort of region, that sort of territory. Um, And it's fun. I mean, especially in a year like this where one of the few things we did get was prep events. So we talked about this, I think, a little bit with uh, Jim Cowis, But that's one of the things that we sort of have a benefit of is having some of these looks, having some of this information still available to us. And, you know, thank God that a lot of these kids that didn't get a high school season did get an opportunity to really sort of you know, work out, get ready, prepare for some of these events, and come out and show well. Uh, get their name out there, raise their stock. Good for them.
1: Well, let me bring up. Uh, let me bring up a couple of guys here that have been on everyone's radar. Uh, they're not. They're by no means uh, mystery guys, if you will. Uh, Thatcher Heard out of Miracosta, California. Um, mm-hmm. We've had him. I think we had him in the 150 to 170 range. Um, took a deeper look at him. Uh, really like the stuff i mean it's it feels so cliche to say oh i really like the stuff after the the article is already posted but uh yeah but no i mean he's got he's got some great stuff um then you got your normal you know maddox bruns is talked about in here joshua baez you got your james wood um the interesting thing that i want to kind of talk to you about a little bit here was was james wood um you know, we talked to Vinny about him two or three weeks ago, and Vinny said, for everything that Zach Veen was, and Zach Veen was an incredible prospect, is an incredible prospect. Uh, Vinny holds the notion that James Wood is a better big league prospect because mm. he's got a more advanced hit tool, he's got a better arm, um, and then if if Vinny wrote this or Brian wrote this, uh, mm-hmm. he's got he's saying that there's legitimate top ten potential for James Wood. So talk to me a little bit about James Wood. We've been watching him quite a bit. Sorry about that. We've been watching him quite a bit. Um,
0: James Wood's agent right there calling us. (laughs) That
1: must be a sponsor. Uh, (laughs) Yeah. No, talk to me a little bit about your thoughts on James Wood. I know he's been flying up our draft board for the better part of four or five weeks now.
0: Yeah. I mean, I I would actually say he might be my favorite uh, prep prospect in the class outside of Jordan Lawler at this point. He, I mean, I almost have to like push him down. I, I would love to put him like top five. I think he's incredible. Six foot six. He's got a good hit tool. One of the more unique things about him is he's got big power, but it's um he's relatively short to the ball, which is not something you typically say about a guy that's six four plus. You know, um, Aaron Judge is an you know an excellent big guy for you know, excellent hitter for a guy that size, similar size. Um and he's I would- love loving- each. Yeah, I wouldn't say he's short the ball, you know. Well, exactly. You know, Judge is a righty, and then you know, yeah would, yeah, would being a lefty on top of it. It's a little and bit he's of a plus runner, and he's a plus runner, got a good arm, similar to probably Judge in that sense, where he's a great athlete at six foot six. He's almost like somebody that would have been or could be a defensive end, right? He's you like know, a superhero. Or, yeah, like one of those like super <laughs> crazy athletic rushers pla- yeah. that's just you know built like Mr. Incredible. Um, and you know, runs like a borderline, you know, sprinter, like he's, he's one of those guys, not that he's yeah. a sprinter, but you know, it's, it's sort of that baseline of athleticism and skills and tools. And, you know, he's just a really exciting player. I was coming out of Maryland. He's going to be in an IMG team. We should probably <laughs> do an entire episode on that IMG team. Cause as far as we know, they just got Ricky Tiedemann as well. head in there. Yeah. He's and they Juco. Great. He then reclassified again. He's going to IMG instead, doing a PG year and then going back into the draft.
1: And Elijah Green is is moving into IMG as well. So <laughs> yeah, man. There, I think Drake Varnado goes there too. I, I could be getting my I could be I, getting my shortstop wrong I there. Hope,
0: I hope for myself that coronavirus gone. I know just for me. I'm I'm not selfish. Good but i can travel next spring and i can go down and visit my mother-in-law with my family because she lives about 20 minutes not even away from the IMG campus and if i catch that during that like B- boris classic or whatever they have there yeah. i'm going to get so many looks at these guys firsthand and i'm like really excited about it so everyone wear a mask make sure that we can get down there so i can get you good video from the IMG academy i'm excited about IMG academy man
1: dude how can you not it's the it's got to be the best it's got to be the best prep program the best academy in the country collection of,
0: yeah collection of talent this year it's just cool. unreal
1: you know yeah. um the only thing that uh that it kind of has me a little like uh, skeptical is not even the word but like what i'm watching is james wood is so advanced for where he is right now Yeah, he's hitting balls like vlad hit balls in in the big league like vladimir Guerrero senior he's hitting balls at his eyes. He's hitting balls out of his shoelaces. The the hit tool is yeah. like, it's insane, but it's almost to the point where you're like, okay, let me watch this approach. You know, let me make sure that when he's facing Chase Petty and when he's m- facing Chase Burns and Painter and, you know, Jackson Job, he's not swinging out of his shoes and swinging up balls in the dirt. That's my only question on him because every, I mean, he checks every single box. It's just, he's hitting pitches 400 feet that you're not supposed to be hitting. And yeah. it's just fun. I mean, it's, it's so fun. That lumberjack
0: pow man. He's got yeah. power in that bat. It's, it's yeah. True, you know? um, but, yeah, I think, you know, just the operation, the setup, there is some approach there. Um, but I know he struggled a little bit at area code games, if I remember correctly. Yeah, he was two, could, two for 11. Like three days before that. So, I don't know. We need a Everyone's reason why. why. I don't want to overreact to it. the guy who hit in every other event struggling a little bit at one particular event. But we got the Amer- All-American game coming up relatively soon, no?
1: Yeah, it's on the 4th, which is uh, like a week yeah. from today. Just about a yeah, week away. Next weekend. So, so gonna that's going to be huge. That's going to be huge. I mean, we've been so locked in on our uh, top 40 or 50. I don't think the high school guys have moved all that much. Um, but it's going to it's gonna give you and I the opportunity to watch mm-hmm. Marcella Meyer and Tyree Reed and yeah. just um, – these you know these dudes that are going to be facing off against the best of the best so and we had
0: no college balls so we're extra familiar with the prep guys this year we the are of events you know uh we've had access that we wouldn't have had honestly in some regards uh had there not been you know a pandemic so there you go all right joe 35 minutes so we wrapped this sucker up on a nice little neat bow i think we touched on all the high points we hyped up our friends we didn't give away all the names on the list
1: <laughs> no, but we didn't talk about Malachi Knight or Max DeBec either.
0: We'll say <laughs> you've talked about Malachi Knight and Max DeBec enough, <laughs> <Okay>. well, <laughs> and we, they're both doing, on the list. A Northeast, Pacific Northwest, like you know, un-un uh, undiscovered gems episode where we talk about like you know these two areas of the country that aren't necessarily hotbeds, but maybe they are.
1: And you know, one more thing we can point out, Ralph, is we are officially uh one month out from what will essentially be mock draft version 1.0 the yeah. season ends on, on the season ends on the 27th and got sure the we'll, have, we'll have something going at that point and uh that'll be some good content
0: give me the draft order baby that's all i really care about and, and it, looks like, gonna take? it looks like it looks like our respective teams might both be uh, jockeying for a position at the top of the draft in boston and seattle so that should uh, only add a little bit more. I only cheer for Boston to do bad so I can get better prospects locally to me and the affiliated, uh, uh, the local affiliates. So yeah. I have plenty of them around me. I want to take advantage of that. I'm going to have a park down the road for me uh, about 15 minutes away in a year. So let's take advantage of it. You know, I'm always thinking about myself here, Joe. I just I'm I think it. about video. I just think hey, about video. That's, you I, have I, to. Sleep video. It's all In I 2020, you have to. That's what you got to do. All right, Joe. Well, Thank you, listeners. Thank you, viewers, for tuning in uh, to us for another week. Joe, thanks for joining me. And uh, everyone out there, be safe.